Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. Almost 90% of women have cellulite. And guess what? It's not their fault. We don't choose cellulite, but we can choose a different way to treat it. Meet Quo, Collagenase Clostridium Histolyticum, AAES, the first and only FDA-approved prescription injectable for moderate to severe cellulite in the buttocks of adult women. This non-surgical treatment is injected by an aesthetic specialist in 10 minutes or less. Individual results may vary. Do not receive if you are allergic to any collagenase or ingredients in Quo or have an infection at the treatment site may cause serious side effects, allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis and injection site bruising. Seek medical help right away for any signs of allergic hypersensitivity. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions. If you have a bleeding condition or take medicine that prevents clotting. Most common side effects include bruising, pain, hardness, itching, redness, discoloration, swelling, and warmth at the injection site. Ask your doctor about all possible side effects and for product information. If you're ready to get to the bottom of your cellulite, learn more and find a specialist at Quo.com.
Yo, welcome to the Crash Out Radio Show where we kick the issues in the balls. We're on an active war against bullshit. We would do anything and everything to expose bullshit. The ends sometimes justify the memes. So if you're angry and want the truth exposed, then strap in and prepare to be shocked. This is Smash Mouth Talk. If you can't accept that, then fuck off. I'm your host, um, uh, I'm your host, Louis B. I takes no bullshit from nobody. I actually expose the bullshit of society and chop it up into easy to digest chunks for you. Today won't be any different. Today we're doing a special day episode um, of the Crouch Out Radio Show. And I am joined with uh, Craig from, uh, he's a member of the Proud Boys and the American Guard. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about these... Uh, what happened in New Mexico last week on Monday uh, due to uh, the uh, protest of statues that somehow relate to George Floyd? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Craig, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm well, Louis. Thank you for having me. Um, it's great to be here. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. Um, so, did I get that right? You you are a member of the American Guard, right? Uh, I believe I'm a, a probate member okay. of the American Guard. I am not a patched member, but oh, I, uh, I am a, a neophyte, so to speak. Right. Uh, yeah, I have a I have associations or affiliations with American Guard for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm also uh, a first-degree proud boy. Maybe soon we'll be moving up a little bit. Well, I uh, mean, well, second degree, second degree is when you uh, get the punches. Yeah, and exactly. The, so, so you're you're a second degree. Uh, no, I'm a first degree. We have uh, we've been going through a lot of uh, really kind of organizational restructuring here in New Mexico. So we've been putting that before uh, degree work, so to mm. speak. and uh, But we're getting things in order, so I think we'll be having degrees pretty soon. I see. Because we just got uh, at least four new first degrees this last sa- uh, Saturday. Correct. Oh, congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so I, yeah, yeah, I, I I was at the uh, the protest in mm-hmm. uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico last Monday uh, against the Juan de Ornate statue. He's mm-hmm. a, a a conquistador who's famous here in New Mexico, or should I say, infamous mm-hmm. here in New Mexico. I mean, so what? They they were, of course, trying to be a social justice warrior. Like, oh, we got to tear down statues because apparently statues come to life and they shoot black people. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. The social justice warrior crowd stirred up by the most radical extreme elements of the left mm-hmm. um, got people attacking every... Every perceived symbol of whitey or a perceived oppression that they can think of. So yeah. it's you know it's moving from the Confederate statues to anyone who fought in the Civil War, yeah. including black people who fought in the Civil War for abolition. Uh, it's becoming. 
um, attacking the founding fathers statues and images because they some of them own slaves whether or not they freed the slaves when they died or not doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, and yeah and that's carried over into attacks on con- conquistador statues and Columbus statues and so here in New Mexico uh, I think a few days before Monday, uh, I don't remember what day it was, they actually, uh, a town called, named Española, which is in the northern part of the state, mm-hmm. their, their county decided to have an Ornate statue taken down, and they took it down. Uh, as far as I know, there was no protests in favor or opposed to the statue uh, up there. It was just whatever uh, enough uh, liberals on the uh, county board had decided that th- they would make this uh, symbolic gesture to get rid of this uh, perceived oppressor. Um, yeah, but what does that like? Honestly, I, I, that's the thing I don't get. Okay, unfortunately, slavery is part of American history. Um. You know, I, I could get how some people will feel some type of way. Like, I mean, look, as we were talking, uh, like, in other uh, these past days, I'm not a big fan of Christopher Columbus for what he did to the Taino Indians, which are the native Indians of the, the Caribbean. Indeed. But you don't see me saying, oh, let's take down the, the Columbus statue in Columbus Circle. Because, like, look, I understand that's history. And even though he he bumbled his way to America, uh, you know, it's still it's still part of history. I mean, if anything, instead of taking down statues, how's about you teach what really happened and not and and not what like I would start with. Lack of a better term, unwhitewashing history, just tell the truth. Like that that would make more of an impact than tearing down statues. And I mean even that is is a is a complexity because Really. You know, truth mm-hmm. it, truth is truth, but truth is also perspective. So, you know, one culture's truth is not the same as another culture's truth necessarily. Right. Uh so right. It's history. And th- and that's how I look at these things, you know, um we take it for the good and the bad. Yeah. Uh, Columbus was certainly not the first European in the Americas. Yeah. But he he was the first European to make the, um, the Americas famous. Mm-hmm. And th- that being said, I understand why he's somewhat of an icon throughout the Americas. Actually, here in the United States, he really wasn't an icon until the early 1900s when Italian-Americans lobbied to have recognition of Columbus Day as a national holiday. Uh, So here in the United States, you know, Columbus, as the example you brought up, is very hung up as like an Italian-American culture icon. And it's not even so much about the discovery, you know, obviously he discovered Spanish parts of the Americas, 
the, the not uh, Anglo speaking parts of the Americas. So you know, it's 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 just kind of a funny thing how he even became part of the the United States uh, tradition. Yeah, you know, and, and you know before that, uh, you know. There was just celebrations all over the country, you know, like in parts of uh, like the Midwest and the northern Midwest where there's a lot of Scandinavian people. They celebrate Leif Erikson Day, mm-hmm. you know, because that's their heritage. And that guy came here before Columbus. And there was plenty of other European and old world Middle Eastern and African explorers in the Americas long before Columbus or Leif Erikson. But all that aside, yeah, I mean, look, if you want to fight oppression, well, great. I think that there's certainly some oppression. I don't know if it's it's as racialized as, as many of the identitarian left want to make it out. But certainly I think there's oppression in the world. And if you want to fight it, then fight it directly. Uh, don't fight symbols of perceived oppression. Yeah. And again, you know, like the old axiom, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. It's kind of like one man's hero is another man's villain. Right. And, uh, and, the, and it goes for all icons in history, including our founding fathers. No one man is perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is part of, uh, of the creation that, that God created is that, Humans are imperfect, right. and we have a free will to decide with what path we will take. And in that, you know, so even the greatest among us has had issues. You know, Noah was a drunkard. Uh, Moses was the first lawbreaker. Um, you know, so you know, George Washington owned slaves. Uh, George Washington killed Indians. Uh, but George Washington also had a lot of Indians who were his friends. George Washington also freed all his slaves when he died. Um, George Washington was pretty much ideolo- ideologically against slavery. He wasn't the most pro-slavery of the founding fathers. Um, you know, so there's just complexities of history. I mean, uh, Jefferson who is one of the most abolitionists of the founding fathers, who actually wanted to end slavery in the Constitution, but had to make a compromise with other Southerners who wanted to maintain the institution of slavery. Um, But when he died, he didn't free any of his slaves. Mm. So even though he was the most abolitionist of the founding fathers, he died and didn't free his slaves. So it's very interesting, you know, uh, you know, John Adams, his family never owned any slaves. So, you know, it's complexities of history. I mean, we look at the, you know, the Confederate monuments. I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of black folks, both free and slave, fought for the Confederacy. Many of the black folks who fought for the Confederacy owned slaves. Many of them didn't. The majority of white people who fought for the Confederacy did not own slaves. Uh, Slavery was an institution that the Confederacy was trying to um, trying to hold on to and trying to 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 keep alive. 
but it wasn't the sole issue that the Confederate States seceded from the United States. Again, we're talking complexities and nuances in history. History is not black and white. It is gray area. Everything is gray area. And if you lose that, you become just like the totalitarians because they're just, it's black and white, it's left and right, and that's it. There's no in-between. And getting back to the statues, here in the Southwest, the conquistador statues are particularly uh, under attack as they are considered the local founding fathers. Um, the statue in question of Juan de Ornate uh, in Albuquerque. Uh, Juan de Ornate is basically the the founding father of New Mexico. He, he's the founder of Santa Fe, which is the uh, capital of New Mexico. And yeah, he was a bad dude. He, uh, he killed a lot of Indians. He enslaved a bunch of Indians. He chopped a bunch of their legs off. Um, but, you know, he also had alliances with a lot of Indians and uh, probably hey, fathered a lot of Indian children and, you know, had Indian guides and allies, etc. So, again, it's a complexity of history. Uh, here in New Mexico, we're the, one of the most Hispanic states in the Union, also one of the most most Catholic states in the Union. And, uh, you know, it's history for people here, but it's a divisive history because we also have a large Native American population. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of the Natives definitely are against the, the Conquistador statues. Yeah. I mean, look, it, I, like, as a Puerto Rican, I'm, I, I'm against the Conquistadors. I mean, you know... Like, you know, people people don't believe that I'm Puerto Rican because, like, oh, you don't look Puerto Rican. But um, a joke that I like to say, the reason why I don't I don't look Puerto Rican was because my ancestors obviously hid really well from the faggots in the metal hats. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, and, and really, you know, I personally, as a, a citizen of New Mexico, even though I haven't lived here long and I'm not Hispanic, uh, yeah. I am Anglo-Celtic and uh, I have some Native American blood in me, ah. um, but uh, not from out here. And, um, you know, I've only lived here a few years, but my thinking is I didn't want to see the statue be removed on a personal level because it's history and he did found the state, essentially, or found the capital of the state back way before it was a state. And um, like I said, you take the good and the bad with the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. And But if the city, you know, democratically or whatever, decided that they wanted to take the statue down, you wouldn't have seen me out there protesting to keep it up. Right. Um. A lot of the Hispanic families, you know, the families who are more Spanish than they are Indian, uh, definitely didn't want the statue to go. And, you know, the some of the Indians did want it to go. Not all. 
some of the Indians don't care. And some Indians that I know say it should have stayed up because it's history. Um, but yes, the, the, the left put together a protest of the statue. It was a, a, a coalition of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and a group called Red Nation, which is a Native American or indigenous uh, Marxist organization. And uh, a double, they me- said, a double meaning. <laughs> yeah, double meaning, indeed. Red Nation, exactly. They love their puns. Yep. Um, oh, oh, and um, they, they they said not only were they going to protest it, but they were they they were going to protest that it still exists there, but that they, they were going to forcefully take it down. So, like, honestly, who, like, where the fuck do they get this authority? To like, they they call they call people like you and I, Nazis. Yet they're the ones who practice this authoritarianism, where there's like fuck what you believe. This is this is, we 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 we're gonna tear this down, whether whoever wants it or not. It's well, like, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because essentially the, these lefties who are saying that they're gonna unlawfully tear something down are being self-appointed social justice vigilantes. And that term vigilante is exactly what the media and some of the uh, left-wing politicians in New Mexico are trying to paint me and some of my friends uh, and the group that we affiliate with who were there that day. Um, Uh Uh-oh, one of the Bambinos. Yeah, so so when when the left said that they were going to tear down the, the the Onate statue at the protest, mm-hmm. um, a group that I'm well, the group that I'm involved with, the New Mexico Civil Guard, or NMCG, mm-hmm. um, we're a constitutional uh, citizens militia or unorganized citizens militia, and. Um, we went out to main to keep the peace between the left wing anti statue protesters and the pro statue counter protesters and to make sure that law enforcement was informed if or when any vandalism occurred. Mm-hmm. And we were out there policing for the majority we were out there um keeping the area secure uh for most of the uh for most of the time that afternoon uh we were all open carrying uh both sidearms and long guns or rifles Mm -hmm. um which is totally legal and lawful to do in the state of new mexico without a permit It is unlawful to conceal carry in New Mexico, but open carry without a permit is legal. And for the most part, it was cool. I mean, the lefties, you know, they like to heckle us. And, you know, for the most part, we ignored them and, you know, maybe made a few jokes or comments here and there back. But for the most part, we were just making sure everything was peaceful as uh the leftist protesters started to pick up in numbers. 
they started to get more hostile, mm. particularly with the counter protesters. So me and my team, we were mostly engaged in keeping space between the counter protesters and the lefties because the lefties love to run up and get in the faces of the counter protesters, scream in their faces, put signs in their faces, uh, shoulder check, hip check, you know, push, whatever. So we were just trying to keep the peace by getting between the protesters and the counter protesters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it got a little crazy at times. Uh, we had one of the lefties jump on our medics back at one point. What? There was a little melee of pushing and shoving. But for the most part, it was fairly peaceful. We were really um, soft-handed or had kid gloves on with the leftists for the most part. I mean, you can watch some of the videos that some of the lefty protesters made where they're like, oh, the New Mexico Civil Guard is here pushing people around and being violent. And they're saying that, but like you're watching the video and you never see us pushing anybody around or doing anything like that. Um, So it's just kind of funny. They're trying to paint a narrative that the actual uh, visual uh, footage doesn't pick up. And, um, you know, it it, it just got more and more intense throughat the day. Yeah. I mean, like a side question. Um, and I ask this all the time, like you're telling me that these people ran up on you guys, started jumping on people's backs. When will enough be enough to the point where these guys get up in, in our faces and it will be perfectly acceptable to put them on their ass? It, it's like I like honestly, I get like last last year. An Indian kid got up in my face, smacked my hat, my MAGA hat off my head. And like, I, you know, it was on the same day, Maxwell Hare and, and, um, and John Kingsman were, were sentenced. So I was nervous to even defend myself because, because of, because of what's going on. But it's like, they feel too free to put their hands on us and it's and it irks the fuck out of me so where where is the fucking line well you know i guess it's it, it, it's different in every state yeah. legally yeah and i guess this story you know the rest of the story kind of uh details yes. how far it can get and go and what the legal parameters are. And, and, and this story, the case that we're going to talk about, is, is still kind of pending, too. Right, right. So it's up in the air which way it's going to go for certain of the individuals involved. Um, so, yeah, like to recap, my mm-hmm. group, the New Mexico Civil Guard, was at the Onate statue protest just trying to keep the peace between the counter-protesters and the left-wing protesters. Mm -hmm. Of course, the left-wing protesters were very hostile towards the counter-protesters and towards us. And they were getting up in our faces, even though we were fully armed. They were... At one point, they jumped on my... Our medic's back. Mm. Our medic is the one guy who's not armed. Um, Of course. 
They uh, and yeah, they assaulted counter protesters. They stole counter protesters' signs, you know. And we we had to hold them at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, things really started heating up. Like I said, that melee happened where they jumped on the medics' back, and then all of a sudden, uh, like my team had tightened our ranks, so we had been pretty spread out throughout the day. Because we, we were just watching to make sure nothing happened and make sure people were safe and no vandalism happened. So, you know, the lefty protesters are climbing all over the statue. They're taking out knives and simulating cutting its head off. They're s- simulating fellatio on his, on his staff. Um, you know, they put a black bag over his head. They put a sign that has some profanities in Spanish on it, on them. We don't do anything to stop this. They're climbing all over it. We don't do anything to stop it. We're just watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but since they're getting more hostile, we start tightening our formation, our group up. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, like right after that melee where they jumped on the medic's back, the pickaxe comes out. What? And somebody, yeah, somebody starts pickaxing the statue. Now the statue is on top of like a mound of rocks or a crag of rocks, and we're we're positioned just to the right of the statue if you're looking at it from the face on, hmm. and. One of my team makes a beeline straight up the mound to the statue and gets between the pickaxemen and the statue. Hmm. So I'm like, oh, I can't let my guy go by himself up there. So I make my way around the crowd to the other side of the mound of the monument and get up there. Um, This is on the left side of the monument. And he's up there telling the guy with the pickaxe, stop, stop, stop. The guy with a pickaxe takes a swing at my buddy. Hmm. My buddy and him start fighting over the pickaxe. As you would. At which, yeah, at which point a lefty protester grabs my buddy in a headlock from behind, you know, trying to choke him from behind. So I put him in the same chokehold from behind to try to get him off my boy. I got all these punk rock lefty whatevers punching me in the back of the head. Mm. And eventually the guy I'm choking lets go of my boy and the pickaxe disappears. So I let go of the guy I'm choking and my boy leaves the monument mound and goes back to the rest of the team. Now I'm still up on the monument mound on the other side and basically have leftists on hostile leftists on all sides Mm -hmm. behind me and on my left and right and in front of me. And I got a bad footing because I'm up on this crag of rocks that the monuments on top of. And I don't want to get down because I feel like I'm going to get surrounded and pushed or vice versa. And I already lost my hat. So, because of them trying to push me off the mound. So, I wait up there about five, ten minutes while they're trying to yell at me to get down. And eventually, a couple guys from my team move in close enough that I feel comfortable to climb down. 
and I do. Then we reposition ourselves again to in a group, the seven or eight of us, to the right of the mound, a little bit further on a little knoll. Mm. And we have like a panoramic view of the everything. But it's a big crowd at this point, like definitely a hundred protesters, the majority of whom are acting out of control. And they bust out a chain and the pickaxe comes back. They start pickaxing the statue again. They got a chain wrapped around it and about 50 to 80 protesters pulling on the statue, pulling on the chain. At this point, we're on the phone with the Albuquerque police Mm. saying it's become a riot. They're pickaxing the statue and pulling on it with a chain. Get over here now. Now, there's been no police presence, or at least there's been no visible blue and white, you know, in uniform police presence all day. Um, but we're telling them to get down there. And then the lefties start rushing into the street. So me and my team move into the street because we think they're trying to block vehicular traffic. And that's what they were doing. Right. So I get into the street and I'm telling the lefties, stop blocking vehicular traffic. You're unlawful. Get, you know, blah, blah, blah. Get out of the way. And there's a white pickup truck coming towards me. And I'm on its passenger side, waving it forward. And then I see a melee in front of me to the rear of the white pickup truck, also on the passenger side, but maybe a few yards behind the truck, of a counter-protester in a blue shirt, a man in a blue shirt who I knew to be a Mm counter-protester, being jumped by about three to four lefty protesters, including two ski masked black-clad Antifa types, uh, black block types, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're jumping him. They hit him with a skateboard. He falls to the ground. They're kicking him. They're kicking him. He tries to get up. Uh, This is... For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided exceptional care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to give children and healthcare heroes a reason to believe this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. At Jaguar Land Rover Tyson's Corner, increased business has created a unique opportunity for experienced auto technicians. Right now, they're offering a comprehensive compensation package, including up to $60 flat rate hours, exciting longevity bonuses, and more. Come work with an incredible team in their state-of-the-art brand-new facility. Give them a call for your rate assessment at 877-396-6766 or visit them online at LandRoverTysonsCorner.com at LandRoverTysonsCorner.com. Goal in split seconds, this is happening. Um, some protesters move between me and the melee, and I lose vision. And then instantaneously, I hear pop, 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 you know, three or four pops. Hmm. And I pretty much knew within a second what it was. It wasn't fireworks or explosives, it was 
gunfire and me and the rest of my team ran towards the gunfire. We saw the victim of that gunfire, who is one of the black clad Antifa members who is jumping the blue shirted counter protester. He was laying on the ground. Our medic ran to him to help administer to his wounds, which other lefties did as well. And the rest of me and my team ran to the shooter. The shooter was sitting on the ground with his sidearm muzzled to the asphalt. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we lifted our weapons to anybody all day. Excuse me, lifted our long guns, our sidearms to anyone all day. Mm -hmm. And... And, and ever so slightly as well. It wasn't a straight-on hard aim at the man. And we said, drop the weapon, uh, drop his sidearm, which he did. And the captain of our unit took the sidearm, took the magazine out of it, and secured it about six feet from the shooter, at which point we had to turn around and essentially secure the shooter from being attacked by the left-wing mob who is closing in on the shooter saying, we're going to fucking kill you, et cetera, et cetera. You're a murderer. We're going to get you. Um, so again, the second time we ever so slightly had to lift our weapons to hold off the lefties. I think I didn't even lift my weapon. I just grabbed the uh, pistol grip on my long gun. Mm -hmm. And um, just to show them we meant business. And we kept the lefty protesters at bay for about another five minutes until you heard the sirens and then a green tactical vehicle and a black tactical vehicle arrived on the scene. The green tactical was what I called the turtles. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they are in all green tactical gear and helmets with ARs or M16s. I'm not sure if it was, you know, uh, semi-auto or full auto. And uh, black tactical was riot. And they wear black tactical gear with big, big sticks, like big hunks of wood, not even like a leather nightstick, just a big hunk of wood stick. Right. And tear gas grenade launchers. And when they first jumped out of their units, their transport units, they had to get the lefties under control. Both the the tur the tack the, the SWAT turtles and the riot guys were dealing with the lefties. We already got our hands up. So that means everybody in the New Mexico Civil Guard we already have our hands up before the riot and the SWAT jump out of their vehicles. They jump out of their vehicles. Like I said, they're dealing with crowd control with the left because the left are acting like idiots as usual. Mm -hmm. We're standing there with our hands up. They work uh, the SWAT, the turtles in green, work our way over to us. Uh, we tell them we got the shooter here detained and here's his weapon. They say, thank you. They say, now, please turn around. And they put us all in zip ties and proceed to disarm us. Uh, while they're doing that, uh, Riot is continuing to deal with the left, 
who are beginning to, or, or excuse me, who are continuing to riot and act disorderly mm-hmm. and protest in an unlawful manner, which of course waves your first amendment protections. And, um, as uh, the the SWAT guys are getting us all moved over to their transport units, the riot guys are pushing the left wing rioters down one block. Uh, you know, fighting with the left wing rioters, uh, and then once they they, you know, are are successful with that, then the left starts on the other side of the 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 SWAT guys' tactical vehicles. The left starts uh, creating a wall of bicycles to block the street. So the riot guys tell them to disperse, and they don't disperse. So then they uh, give them the tear gas grenades, and then they finally disperse. Um, Then me and the rest of the New Mexico Civil Guard guys are put in uh, blue and white transports, you know, blue, regular blue and white, you know, regular uniform police cars. And uh, we're put in all separate vehicles so we can, uh, you know, conspire our stories together. The authorities wanted to make sure that we were all going to tell the same story. And, of course, we were just going to tell the truth, and we did. And uh, we were detained for about four hours. And most of that time we were in cuffs or in zip ties. Uh, you know, the, the, the officers are fairly nice to us. Uh, I would say the majority of the APD is pretty sympathetic to us and what we were trying to do. Uh, and uh, we were questioned by detectives in the FBI and we told them what we saw. They were mostly concerned with the shooting, obviously. They wanted to know, you know, what our outfit was and how we found out about the event. We told them all that. Um, I told them that the shooter were, you know, I told them that we, we told them that we didn't know the shooter. The shooter was not with our group. He is not a member of New Mexico Civil Guard. Uh, he was a counter protester, but he was not with us. Right. Um, and I told the, uh, the the detectives in the FBI that the shooter was also concealed carrying. It was evident. It was evident to me that he had a sidearm in his waistband uh, under his shirt. Um, and that's pretty much it. And then they released us. Um, we are not charged. No one in our group has been charged with anything because we didn't commit any crimes. Um, the the liberal governor and the liberal mayor and the liberal Democrat uh, senator uh, and uh, the chief of police, who's, of course, appointed by the mayor, have all been doing some political grandstanding and calling uh, the New Mexico Civil Guard a vigilante group, calling us a hate group, uh, calling us a domestic terrorist group, uh, threatening that we should be charged as uh, uh, for menacing, uh, domestic terrorism, hate crimes charges, or vigilante actions. 
of course, none of which is true. Um, we were peacekeepers at most, uh, and we followed all New Mexico laws in terms of uh, carrying of firearms. And all that being said, all of our property is still in police custody, including my sidearm and my rifle and my wallet with my identification and all my insurance cards, which really sucks for me because I'm supposed to have surgery uh, early July. So I'm hoping I get my property back real soon. Uh, New Mexico Civil Guard is in contact with an attorney. And uh, yeah, there's uh, some cases in the making to get our property back and uh, some other things that I don't know if I'm going to mention on, on air. All right. That's all right. Oh, man. But yeah, that's... Well, that's I mean, I, I kind of understand them holding your, your gun. But, like, why your wallet? Why, why come they can't... Well, my wallet wasn't on my person. It was in a, a tactical pouch I was carrying around mm. my chest. So they probably thought I might have other weapons stashed in there, so they just took it. Um... Mm. I hear you like it's one thing that they confiscated our weapons yeah. and let's not call them weapons. Weapons are for illegal use. These are legal firearms. So it's uh, it makes sense that our firearms would be confiscated initially. It makes sense that we didn't get our firearms back that night. That all makes sense. Um, but after three days... It starts to become a violation, and it's been about five to six days now. It does become a violation of due process because, once again, in order for the state to take property from you, I mean, uh, I'm trying to, what is this, the Fourth Amendment, I believe? In order for the state to seize your property, uh, you have to be charged and do gone through due process, meaning not only do you have to be charged, but you have to go through the court. Um, and if you weren't charged, you don't have to go through court so they can't keep your property. Mm -hmm. So it's starting to become a due process violation. Uh, I don't know, you know, how badly they're violating right now. You know, surely if we get it thing, our property back tomorrow, it wouldn't be so bad, I don't think. But uh, yeah, it's getting a little a little long for the time. I mean, they know who the shooter was. There's no reports that other shots were fired. Right. Um, if they needed to swab all of our firearms to make sure that they weren't involved with any shootings or murders, etc., or other open crime case criminal cases. They could have done that by now, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And once again, if they hadn't, it doesn't matter because the property at this point is being unlawfully detained. It wasn't unlawfully seized, but at this point it's being unlawfully detained still. So, um, yeah, that that's my thinking on, on the firearms. Huh. So any are there any plans on on getting your property back? I mean, that what were yeah. whether well actually no forget that question. 
Yeah. What about what about the fucking guy with the pickaxe? Right. Well, to my knowledge, if any lefties were arrested, it was only like on some rioting or disorderly charges after we were all detained. So I don't really know. And I don't really know that any lefties were arrested. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so I don't know. The pickaxe man is, is, a, is a mystery. Um, the, uh, the shooter, he was initially charged with the shooting, but because of the video evidence and because of me, my testimony and the other members of my group's testimony, uh, they dropped the shooting charge and said that it was a lawful shooting because he was jumped and hit with a skateboard. He tried to leave the scene and he was pursued and jumped again and hit with a skateboard. And uh, the guy who hit him with a skateboard, the Antifa guy, uh, also had a knife. Mm. And that's the guy who he shot. Um, so he shot a guy who hit him with a skateboard and was about to stab him. Yeah. Um, and in New Mexico, it's totally lawful to use lethal force if you feel your life is threatened and you try to leave the area. So if you feel your life is threatened and you don't leave the area, you might not be lawful if you shoot somebody. But if you definitely try to flee and they and your attackers pursue you in New Mexico, that is traditionally looked at as lawful self-defense cut and dry. So as I said, right now, the shooter, Mr. Ba- Mr. Stephen Baca's charge for the shooting has been dropped. He does face a charge for unlawful concealed carry of a deadly weapon because he does not have a New Mexico concealed carry permit mm-hmm. or any state's permit that New Mexico recognizes. Um, but that's only a misdemeanor in New Mexico. Um, he is also now facing some minor assault charges on some of the left-wing protesters based on his interactions with them before the shooting. Now, the left, just like they tried to create the narrative that the New Mexico Civil Guard was being violent, has tried to, in my estimation, exaggerate uh, how, uh, how violent Stephen Baca, the shooter, was before the shooting. Uh, The left has edited together and compiled together a video of of Baca, the shooter, uh, pushing and shoving and violently throwing down some of the protesters before the shooting. Um, But I now, although I did not witness any of those particular shoving matches, let's say, I know that the left-wing protesters were very hostile 
and very physical and violent with the counter protesters and with my militia group. Um, and the way the video is edited, you only see Mr. Baca right as he pushes someone. It gives you no context as to why he was pushing them or if he was pushing them out of nowhere. Um, so I think once the authorities properly vet all that um, visual evidence, that video evidence, uh, they will see that Mr. Baca uh, wasn't acting uh, over the top in, in the way he was pushing the protesters before the shooting. He was just defending himself. Mm. And, and that being said, even if he was using excessive force uh, by the way he was pushing protesters before the shooting, the protesters who jumped him, pursued him, jumped him, hit him with a skateboard and tried to use a knife all used way more excessive force than he did by pushing them. So again, I think him shooting was lawful. And I believe that, uh, although New Mexico is a blue state, we have pretty good gun laws here and we have okay self-defense laws here. Mm -hmm. And I believe, and I pray that Mr. Baca will be found innocent of at least the shooting charge, nice. which he already has. Uh, but hopefully they won't try to open that case back up. And that's being under review right now. Um, them reviewing the footage of how he acted towards the lefty protesters, I guess, is going to help determine whether or not um, the, the shooting charge should stay dropped or not. All right. Um. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. So, I mean, so uh, you were talking about how um, how they were trying to accuse you of, what's, um, of what happened. Has there been any, like, retractions or anything like that? Any corrections well, to the story? Not, not by the politicians. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the media automatically tried to say that the shooter, Baca, was a member of the New Mexico Civil Guard, mm -hmm. which, of course, was not true. Um, and the local media has eventually backtracked on that um, because the, the Albuquerque police detectives told them that Baca has no affiliation with our group. Uh, so they have backed off on that. 
Um, the politicians who made these remarks, you know, they tweeted these remarks out or whatever. They said them and that's it. Nothing else has come of it. You know, like I said, it's pretty much just political grandstanding. Um, you know, if, if we can't be held liable because we weren't menacing anyone, even if even if the lefty protesters felt uncomfortable that armed men were there, um, that doesn't mean we were menacing them. They might have felt menaced, but our presence is not menacing. It's in and of itself. We weren't making threats. Uh, you know, we were barely even interacting with them. Um, so, so more clarity has come out. I mean, the local media has interviewed at least one of the members of our group, our chaplain, and he's made it clear that the shooter wasn't a member of our group. Uh, it's also been fairly clear in the media that we did, uh, secure the weapon from the shooter and secure the perimeter around the shooter, uh, as well as one of our guys, our chaplain, uh, did help administer to the victim's wounds. All that has come out, at least in the local media. Um, I don't... Uh, uh, maybe little trickles of that has come out in the more national media. But the more national media is just trying to be like, focus on the armed men at the quote-unquote peaceful protest narrative. Um, so, yeah, you know, the left tries to continue the narrative that it was a peaceful protest, and that's why we shouldn't have been there with guns. But again, in New Mexico, we law you can lawfully open carry. So the sight of someone lawfully open carrying is not enough to bring about a menacing case on someone, you know, mm. even though that's what the left wants to do. Of course. So, yeah, like I said, it's gotten a little better with the media. I don't think that the politicians are ever going to rescind what they said unless they're legally forced to. Um, and uh, they probably aren't going to do anything else more about it. I know that the the Albuquerque police have uh, transferred the case over to the state police. But the case is the shooting, you know, between Baca and the guy he shot. The case has nothing to do with me and my people, really. We're just the main witnesses uh, to the shooting and to the riot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, our organization, New Mexico Civil Guard, is probably still somewhat under the authorities' radars. But whatever, we're a law-abiding, patriotic group um, who are concerned about this uh, Marxist insurrection that's happening in our country right now and concerned about, you know, any invisceration of the Constitution, whether it's from Marxists or any other anti-un-American faction in the government or without, foreign or domestic. Um we did talk, um, we, we've gotten word from some federal agents, um, 
I'm not going to say what federal agency that they know that we're a patriotic organization and they know that we're operating lawfully and they're really not that interested in us. Mm -hmm. And they asked us if we could please inform them if we're going to be operating in the public sphere so they can have somebody on the ground to witness what happens. And, you know. But for what, like, for what purpose? Basically to be someone who sees what actually happens. And although that could be a double-edged sword, to think on the positive side of that sword, Mm -hmm. it means that we will have someone from the state, from the, the, the government, basically saying, I saw what happened and I know these guys were there acting lawfully. Um, because of course the left wants to paint the narrative that we were being bullies or, you know, we were acting like vigilantes, et cetera, et cetera, all which is not true, um, or menacing, et cetera. Um, and I, I, back to the incident, actually, um, we found out after the fact that there were Albuquerque PD on the scene, but they were undercover agents and, um, Actually, one of those undercover agents did come up to me when I was in custody and say, I just want to tell you, you did a great job today. And I said, oh, thanks. We just did what we had to do. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have support in the APD for one thing. Now, at the time, I didn't really realize who that was. I was still concerned about getting out of uh, police custody. Um but a couple of days later, I it had been confirmed to me that APD undercovers definitely were there uh, during the riot and the shooting. And that's when it dawned on me that that guy in, planes clo- in plain clothes at the police station who said you did a good job was one of the undercovers on the scene because I remember seeing him on the scene at the shooting and the riot. Um, so... So, yeah, there was uh, we, we got a lot of certainly support amongst the rank and file within the Albuquerque Police Department for the New Mexico Civil Guard. Actually, the left is making a really big deal because a few weeks ago when we were helping um, helping keep the peace during the riots, the, the George Floyd riots here in Albuquerque, and we were helping secure businesses from the looters and rioters. Um, uh, we, we had some interaction with the Albuquerque PD that night. And uh, the left is making a big deal because it was said over the police scanner. The APD said to each other, I guess uh, the guys in the field said to the, the dispatch that they had contact with armed friendlies in regards to the New Mexico Civil Guard. So that the uh, local police force is had referred to us, uh, our group, as armed friendlies, has got the local lefties panties in a knot right now because, you know, how, how dare, 
How dare law enforcement work with the constitutional militia? How dare they? They didn't swear an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, huh? Hmm. Amazing. <laughs> it was. Amazing. It, I mean, it's just... When does it... When, when, when does it end? Like, when do people realize, like... Okay, these motherfuckers are not to be, you know, not not to be slept on. Like, they're tearing down statues and it's like they're levying them. These people don't vote. They add nothing to society, yet their voices are being heard before people that actually do pay taxes do work and actually try to add to society. Yeah. Well... I'm happy that Trump designated um, Antifa and anarcho-communists and Marxist organizations to be domestic terrorist groups. Um, I don't know if it's enough. Well, actually, I'll tell you this. When when an individual from New Mexico Civil Guard recently had uh, some interactions with federal law enforcement, like I just mentioned. Federal law enforcement told us that they were really interested in what information we could give them about Antifa. Um, So I think, you know, if there's any... I know that there's a lot of patriots listening to the show and Proud Boys, etc., and others... If anybody has any files on Antifa, any members of Antifa that you've doxxed, any any death threats that you've gotten from Antifa, or any of these left-wing groups, anything, a black block group, a, a black cross group, a food not bombs group, a, 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 a black lives matter group, a, a revolutionary communist party group, a, 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 a Spartacus club group, uh, whatever, whatever they're Spartacus. calling them, the, the Red Brigade, Maoist faction, John Brown gun club, whatever. If you got information, give it to the feds, give it to the FBI. They want it. They're, they're looking at those people. Investigations right now are going on of Antifa and of communist groups and of these subversive groups. And if we want these people to, to face the music the way they should, then we got to start cooperating with the authorities. And I know some of us yeah. have some reservations about that. Even myself sometimes have reservations about doing that. But I don't think the climate has ever been better in our lifetimes for that to happen. Hmm. Meaning for patriots to help law enforcement and law enforcement to help patriots. I think it's, it's I think as things get worse this summer with the rioting, you're going to see it a lot more. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are the plans now? I mean, um, 
whether the plan whether the plans for you guys to like get your property back and uh any more any more um demonstrations planned or is that a little um actually today some of the units down in the southern counties were involved with um down in los cruces that's way down south near the border um or near the border they uh they were down there helping with uh protection of businesses that were being looted and whatnot Mm. um so there's some of that still going on um yes we are we've got a lawyer uh doing his due diligence to get our property back i think a letter went out today uh with a list of all of our property that's still in custody to get it back um the group is still operating. Like I said, today a bunch of the guys were down in the southern counties doing stuff. And uh, we're having a training uh, session coming up in the next few days um, at an undisclosed location. And uh, we are, we're supposedly, we're going to be on NPR tomorrow, oh. which of course is a double edged sword. Uh, because as we know, NPR is just some lefty mouthpiece anyway. I mean, what show? All Things Considered or? I'm not sure. I'm not the point of contact. I will probably be one of the the major voices for the New Mexico Civil Guard, but I am not the point of contact with the journalists, so I don't know. Huh. All right, so okay, so let's say uh, somebody wants to get it, uh, get involved with you guys and and help out. How how do they go about uh, contacting you guys? Well, if uh, if you're in New Mexico and uh, you have access to Facebook, there's a whole bunch of New Mexico Civil Guard pages. And you should be able to get in contact with somebody in the organization through there. Um, that's probably the easiest way to do it right now. Uh, we do have some other ways, um, but uh, people can also contact me directly uh, at my email. That's Craig, C R A I G, dot. Fitzgerald, that's F-I-T-Z-G-E-R-A-L-D, digit one, or the number one, at gmail.com. And uh, if you contact me on there and and I vet you out, uh, mm. I'll get you in contact with the rest of the group. Um I don't have any other email to give you right now. All that's in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we're really focused on, you know, obviously getting our property back from the state and getting more gear that we need. Like we all need to get body cams and, uh, you know, I need a, 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 some, uh, a plate carrier, some body armor I could use and, we need some. Uh oh, hello. Walkie-talkie units and so, so things. 
Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, you cut I'm out. I'm here. You there? Yeah, yeah, you cut out for a little bit. Yeah, I just said we need to get more equipment, like comm units, you know, walkie-talkies and and uh, chest cams and stuff like that. Ah, okay. All right. Is there any way for people to donate? Um, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know right now. I, I'm sure there is, if people contact the New Mexico Civil Guard through Facebook, that can all be arranged. Um, we are in the process of trying to become a 5013 nonprofit organization. Uh, that's all in the works right now. I mean, the organization is super new. It's only existed for like four months now. So it's a real, you know, grassroots, uh, shoestring budget, you know, uh, that's all. So right now we're just kind of just getting our things together and then this craziness happens. So (laughs) that's the way it goes, you know. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, uh, that's that's all I got. Yeah, any any final thoughts you have? No, uh, I guess it would just be that um, history. Don't let, let it, it be, be a mystery. History. Yeah. Don't let. Yeah, I was I was thinking about him all this whole episode. Indeed, Indeed. history. Don't let it be a mystery. And heritage is not hate. Um, and the Jews did nine eleven. No, I'm just kidding. I'm 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 kidding. But yeah, that's it. You know, let's let's not let extreme Marxists destroy the history of our nation for the good and for the bad, because that's how people learn how to make our nation better yeah. is by knowing about the mistakes that our forefathers made. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on, man. It, it was great. I mean, uh, you're welcome to come on anytime you want. I appreciate that, brother. Yep. All righties. Uh, like to thank everyone for coming in. I will hang up on Craig. Uh, all right. T- talk to you later, brother. All right, peace, Lou. I'll talk to you tomorrow or something. Yep. Peace. <laughs> so, alrighty, that was Craig Fitzgerald. Definitely get in contact with him. Um, yeah, man, that very interesting episode. Very interesting guest. Uh, so, like to thank everyone for listening to today. Thank you for downloading. Thank, please like, comment, subscribe, however you are listening to the show. And as always, from my house to your house, mahalo. And, and that's the end of my show. Donk.
Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.